on, people? What's going on? It's the Proper Podcast back once again. How are we all doing? Thank you for joining us. You're all looking lovely. I can't see you, but I just know you're all fucking stunning. Absolute <laughs> sorts. Yes. Now, we've got a blinding show for you today, but just before I tell you about it, can I just mention, if you wouldn't mind, chaps, if you could give us a little review or a cheeky rating, we'd be very grateful because it does help us. If you want to rate it one star, fair enough. Sometimes it is a bit shit, but if you want to rate it five star, that'll be helpful as well. So, yes, anyway, we have got a blinding show for you today, and we shall be talking about Fury and Garnu. Oh, yes, it's here. There's nothing we can do about it. But also, we've got Wardy and Adelaide. That's going to be a blinding fight. And we'll talk about other things, a little bit of talk sport band, a little bit of AJ in the dark fucking room. Fuck knows what he's doing in there, but anyway, we shall see. So, Johnny B, how are you, mate? I'm all good, mate, all good. I want to listen to some stories about Benadorm from Kaya. <laughs> yep, and Kaya, you're back, bro. You're back. Yeah, I'm back. How was it? I'm back. A bit ropey, mate. A bit ropey. I'm not going to lie. I haven't, I haven't fully recovered. Had a bit of a, bit of a, you know, them dodgy sleeps you get, you know, when you're coming down, a bit of all the booze, some weird dreams, a little bit of sweating going on. That's all them pills. So I've got up and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to crack on with it. It, it was a, it was a good time out there, but. All this kamikaze drinking, I don't know if it's for me anymore. It's just hard work. And it's like, you get up, you get up, you have your fry up, your four euro fry up, you sit around the pool. What are you going to do? You're not going to fucking start talking about life, are you, with your mates? You're going to get a beer. So you get a beer. It's about 12 o'clock, half 12. How long does it take to drink a pint? Half hour? Well, how, how long do you drink a pint in, boys? It's hot. hot. It's going to go hot, isn't it? If it's, it's the hot weather. 15, 15 minutes, 20 maybe. 10, 10 minutes, minutes, yeah. 10 minutes. That's going to be fucking 10 minutes. You'll be pired. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, like, wait, where? 10 say minutes. Hot. You know when you're looking for a fucking bit of shading under your sun lounge, you're trying to find that little bit of shading, so you find one. That lasts about half hour. Start about 12. By about five, you've had 10 pints, so you're all pissed by the pool. And then what do you do? Get up, have a shower, get ready, go for dinner. Have some more beers, like in the fucking gin and tonics. I know, it's never ending, is it? It never ends. And by about midnight, <laughs> someone's dragging someone home. And uh, yeah, that lasts for about three days. You have to have a few days off, but it's all right. Oh, my, my heart bleeds for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bleeds for you. I've got the kids off on school holidays at a minute. Who's looking after them? Yeah, daddy daycare, mate. Dad, I'm um, hungry. Do you know what? I'm I've, hungry. I did think that, Johnny. I did think that. Every time you're lying there feeling sorry for yourself, you start, you just go onto the BBC weather app. You think, fuck me, it's absolutely pissing down. Do you know what I mean? Over there. And all of a sudden, Torrential. you feel better, you get a second wind, and you go out, go see Sticky Vicky. I couldn't get to the front, boys. How uh, was she? You couldn't get to the front. It was too many, like, whippersnappers just piled in there. Fuck me, you don't want to be at the front. You get a fucking ping pong ball on your eye, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, you're kind of peering over people's shoulders. You're thinking, fucking hell, let me have a look at that. Didn't see much. It was a bit of an anticlimax, if I'm being honest with you. But, yeah, good times. Good, good place. Like, if you want to... If you want to... Uh, if you want <laughs> If you want a nice, good week away, cheap Euro 50 for a bottle of fucking San Miguel. And by the way, by the way, the San Miguel's out there, they're not like the San Miguel's we get back here. They're 5.4. The ones we get here are five. Over there is fucking loopy juice, mate. What, that 0.4 makes a difference? Yeah, it does make a difference. It's like drinking a can of fucking special brew or super tenants. <laughs> 
Five percent. I know it sounds silly. How can that make? It sounds silly. If you're having twenty of them, they're no, no, I'm talking about it? if you start off like that, and you have three five point fours versus three normal five percent. Anyone who's listening to this will understand where I'm coming from. If you have five, three or four five point fours, you are pissed. Absolutely pissed. <laughs> what was that beer we used to drink? Remember that down in the, the Angel? What? Remember the uh, Japanese beer with the Kirin? Oh, yeah, Kirin? Kirins. There you go. They were about six. Now, everyone just started. We went to this pub for about a couple of months, didn't we, on, on the spin. And all of a sudden, we was like, why is everyone so fucking violent down here? Everyone getting into fights all the time. <laughs> and we were like, it's the fucking Kirin. Mate, what was that, oh, like it was 8%? ridiculous. And I've got a mate with me that is he's a bit fancy. He likes all them pale ales. He goes around drinking IPAs and all that weird tasting shit. That ain't for me. Oh, they're lethal as well. Them brew dogs. I had about four of them brew dogs when I was playing golf once. I was off me rocker. I was fucking shanking it and fucking all over the shop. I was I was smashed by that fucking tempo. That's how I play normally. So that's how I fucking play like I've had about 10 beers. Oh, mate. Fall from grace today, though. Get up, I'll go to work. Anyone who don't know, me and John are black cab drivers. So I go to work, do me, I was pissing down with rain, and I picked up this old boy and I think he wet himself in the back, started smelling a fucking piss. <laughs> sure it weren't you <laughs> from Benidorm. I don't know. I've, I've, <laughs> I can't be honest. He didn't change didn't his pants from the last I've night. lost control of my bodily functions for a minute. <laughs> Poor fella. I don't think he realised he did it. I thought, fucking welcome back. Welcome back. I've been looking at a few flats right recently and fucking hell. The rental market is unbelievable at the minute. And if you're looking at flats that are around about 1200 or £1,300 a month, you go in them, they normally stink of piss. Because <laughs> fucking, you just can't get a decent flat for less than 1500 quid now. We've had to go way fucking over our hell. fucking budget. I went to look at this flat, right? And it looked really nice in the pictures. And I got there, it was between, and I didn't know this, I should have looked on the map, it was between a dual carriageway and a train line. You imagine that, oh. Rocky, when Mrs. gets home. Hello, baby. Have a good day at work. <laughs> Rocky, do you want some dinner? <laughs> I was like, fuck, I can't live here. Fuck it, hell. I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old girl. That's what it's like, <laughs> six o'clock in the morning, every day in my eyes. That, my, my, my youngest, who's six, you know how she wakes me up? She gets on my chest, both her knees, and she starts tapping me on my eyeball. Daddy, get up. <laughs> get up. That's how I wake up. Uh, Your eyeball, she could do that at the end of the bed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liberty boy. <laughs> Trying to say about my big eyes. Uh, anyway, we're supposed to be talking about boxing. What are we doing first? <laughs> what are we doing first? Let's go. Yeah, so... Um... We're going to dig into Fury and Garnu. We don't fucking want to, but we're going to dig into it because the undercard is absolutely blinding. I can't fault Frank's undercard. Absolutely fantastic. And looking forward to it, especially, obviously, um, Wardley and Adelaide. Um, but just before we get into Fury and Garnu, Catral Linares, I want to get your thoughts on that, boys, from the weekend. So, um, Kaya, we'll start with you. What did you think of Jack Catral's performance? Yeah, mate. I mean, like, I found a bar, so I started watching it and... I mean, I'll talk about the main event. There's no point talking about the undercard. It was a little bit of an anti-climax, the whole show, really. And the main event was 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 the same. And look, Jack Cattrall, again, like everyone feels sorry for him, and I do as well, because everyone knows he should be unified champion and he should be earning a lot more money and all this kind of stuff. But he just doesn't help himself when he performs like that. And he, he had it in him to put his foot down and at least try to get Lenares out of there. And I feel like, look, look, you know the Who Needs Him Club? Right, Jack Cattrall 
is is at the top of the list there. Like there's certain criteria to be able to get into the Who Needs Him club. And he just fits the bill in every way. He's Southpaw. He's a brilliant, brilliant fighter. You can't pin him down. His timing is impeccable. His feet are brilliant. But he don't sell tickets. Like if I'm if I'm Haney and Progray, and their press conference was fucking electric, by the way. I loved it. Bit too much shouting. I did have to take a fucking ibuprofen at the end of it. But but then the winner of that fight, they're not going, oh, Jack Cattrall's highly ranked. Let's go, let's go over to the England and and fight him. They're thinking, oh, fuck fighting that cunt. Do you know what I mean? He's too good. He's brilliant. He's going to cause me all sorts of trouble. I'm not going to get paid. Same with Tia Fimo, WBO champ, right? All the math in the world. Larry Dad sells a bunch of tickets. But he's not looking at Jack Catchell and thinking, right, you know, let's give him a voluntary. And this is the problem. This is what I said on the last part. He needed to knock him out and then get on the mic and call Taylor a shithouse. So he's given Taylor, Josh Taylor, you see his response on Twitter, right? Couldn't knock out a 38-year-old who's 38 been knocked out six times. So calling Taylor a shithouse wasn't really... Like he'd done the right thing doing it, but in hindsight, it's actually backfired because Josh Taylor's right. He couldn't knock out a fucking 38-year-old who's been knocked out six times. You're supposed to be the unified champion now. So he's done himself no favours going to the points there. As I said, he needed to knock him out and he didn't. So I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. Underwhelmed, not going to lie. Johnny? Yeah, he knocked him down, didn't he? And there was a moment where he could have just put his foot down on the gas, but he didn't. But maybe he's thinking he's got these big fights coming up, didn't want to risk it. And this is the the whole thing that we talk about, isn't it? People like risking their position, like if they lose. But um, yeah, I, I'm exactly, I don't, I don't want to regurgitate everything that Kai said. Like, it was a good performance against Linares. By the way, Linares looked fucking huge in there. Didn't even notice that. Mm. I thought he looked huge in there. So I'm sure they had Vada testing on this one, though, with all the stuff that Eddie Earn's been going on about. But, yes, yeah, so as this fight's going on, then we've got, you know, Lowell v. Chamberlain, Sky Sports at the York Hall. What a fucking boring yeah, fight that was. That was. I had to turn it off. Fucking hell. Needed matchsticks to watch that. Like, I felt Chamberlain was pushing the action for that fight. Um, but Lowell, like, this is your moment. This is it, mate. Like, and this is it. Now you've lost, right? Does anyone want to see Lowell fight again? Because I fucking don't. So negative. Just constantly waiting and waiting for Chamberlain to throw, trying to catch him on the counter. Honestly, a, a terrible, terrible fight. But big shout out to Mick Hennessy's son, Mick Hennessy yeah. Jr., Joe Laws. Well what said, a fucking well said, fight. If you ain't seen that fight, go and watch that fight. And then go and watch Joe Laws' inter- interview after. Brilliant interview, full of passion, full of character. So that's what we'll be hopefully doing on this podcast. Like when there's people like that of a weekend at Fox, they do a brilliant interview. They've got bundles of character. We'll be shouting them out on this channel. Brilliant. I want to see Joe Ross fight again now. And I don't care who he fights. Don't care who he fights. Yeah, like going back to Lenaris Catterall, uh, on that card as well, Peter McGraw, Reese Bellotti, um, Crawler, he's big up Reese Bellotti. Yeah, big up and um and yeah, bundles of character. And I felt like they pushed the action. So I feel like this whole uh, Ben Shalom saying, you know, fighters need to be braver, take bigger fights, and you know, Eddie Earn saying, you know, we need to make these fights and we need more characters. I think a lot of these other boxers on the card are listening. So there are a few names I've just thrown out now. I'm interested to see Reese Bellotti again. He's come back. Pete McGraw. I know it went to points, but I felt like it, it was a good performance for him. William Collar, you know, first round knockout. Yeah, Joe Laws. Can't wait to see him fight again after that uh, character. So I thought that was a good weekend, but just disappointing. Two shows on at the same time. Who had the chance to watch all of that? I don't know as many casual fans would, would have the chance. So it's just annoying having too many 
promoters with too many broadcasters. I just don't want to see same fights happening, same fight cards happening on the same night. I just want to add to that as well, John. I don't know if anyone watched it. I certainly watched it when I was out there. Um, Eddie Hearn's interview, I think that's what you're touching on, an interview with Parsons. I thought it was a brilliant interview. Um, and, he, and he said it himself. I think he's getting concerned, you know, like, I don't want to put on these shit fights anymore. I want fighters to start selling themselves. Everything we've been banging on about come out of Eddie Hearn's mouth during the week. And I think you're right. I think everyone watched that interview and everyone's listening. And I hope it hope it continues moving forward. Mm. Uh, yeah, just I would pretty much regurgitate everything you've said there, Kyra and John, you know, about Cattrall. He did exactly what we expected. I mean, it was just always going to happen, wasn't it? A nice, solid performance, but no great shakes. He's still in the old Who Needs Him club. I just hope now, I really hope, I think he should go mental on social media now at, at Josh Taylor, really stir some shit, really get the fans ramped up for it and just make that fight. And um, yeah, and that's... But look, that's he's, that. he's just got to start knocking people out. It's that simple. Josh Taylor, look at his resume. Packed resume. You know, went went through the gears, uh, you know, WBSS tournament. He was quite lucky, really, I suppose. Timing in boxing is everything. And he got gifted that opportunity, the Victor Postel and the Baranchik and the Progre and brilliant, brilliant fights, one after the other. So his legacy is already intact. And I feel like with Jack Cattrall, it's good that you're calling people out. Don't get me wrong. It's good that you're doing that. You've got Sam Jones in your corner, but you've got to deliver in the ring. That's essentially what it's about, isn't it? It's delivering the ring. Don't, no more, because you're good enough. You're good enough, mate, to knock Lenares out. You were, you had him over, didn't put your foot down, and you should have done. And uh, we would have all been like shouting your name off the rooftops now. But um, sadly, we're all a little bit sort of underwhelmed. And, and that's sad, because I think Jack Cattrall's an excellent, excellent fighter. Yes. So, moving on. Fury and Garnu. <laughs> What's a good result, Johnny? What's a good result? What does Tyson Fury have to do to walk away with this? You know, not looking like a bit of a div. What does he have to do? Knock him out in the first round? Because that, make, that makes it look like he should never have been in there with him in the first place, which you, we all know he shouldn't anyway. So what's an acceptable round to finish this fight for, for us all to go fair enough? It just, it, well, it's staged, isn't it? It's W, like, so what's acceptable? Like, if if he knocks him out in the first round, it's like, oh, he should never have been in there. The guy's never boxed for. And as, as Eddie Earn said as well, like, they, they sanctioned this. The British Boxing Water Control have sanctioned this fight. And the geezer's never even had a boxing uh, match before uh, Ngannou. But what's acceptable? Go in there, get behind the jab, dance around, pop, pop, pop. In the words of John Fury, pop, bang, pop, bang. Knock him out. Yeah, no, I don't know what third round. What round? This, this I'm saying what round? round. It's up to Fury, isn't it? There's no contest yeah. in that. There's no jeopardy in this. So I can't get behind it. They've been clever sticking Fabio Wardley and Adelaide uh, on the undercard. Mm. Piccoli, Takam. I don't believe there's any jeopardy in this fight whatsoever for Fury. So as a spectacle, though, I'll watch it. I'm going to buy it because of the other... If that undercard weren't there, I weren't buying this. Yeah. I wasn't... Fabio mm. Wardley and David Adelaide, don't know how much they're getting. Probably not a lot, knowing the, the ducking and diving and the deal. Hopefully they are. But it's, it's over in Saudi. But um, that's why I'm watching it. I'm watching it for that fight. And then, um, yeah, that's it. That's the only reason. I'm not too bothered about the main card. I'm the same. I'm watching it mainly for the undercard. Um, and yeah, if uh, if I had to put a pound on what Fury might do, I reckon he'll play with him for about five rounds and then knock him out. 
I reckon that's what it'll do. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've done it. They have done a wonderful job of the promotion. I mean, when you've got the fucking double excellent turkey throwing hundred billion fucking trillion dollars at you, you can spend some money on a decent promo, can't you? Mm. So in a way, they've done well there. But yeah, Fury's going to dance about. He's not going to let Ngannou get any sort of better of him throughout the fight. Um, and yeah, I reckon just because he needs he needs to get a few rounds in for the Usyk fight, he's not going to go out and knock him out in the first round. But he could do if he wanted to. And yeah, a few rounds in, I reckon he'll knock him out. Do you know what? I'm just Googling it now, boys. I wonder what the fucking prices are. Because you know how the bookies got carried away with McGregor. They had McGregor and uh, Floyd Mayweather. They, had, they, had, they gave McGregor half a chance. And then as the fight was getting closer, people going, well, you know, look how good McGregor's been in the UFC. And he's been knocking people out. Like Ngannou. Ngannou's been sending people into orbit in the UFC. Do you know what I mean? Well, he was. Um, it's not the same though. So I bet you though, there's some money on Ngannou. I bet you there is. There's be a few donuts out there that'll go, oh, Ngannou's got a chance. I mean, I suppose he has got a chance because he's fucking, he's got a 0.01% chance of landing something right on the whiskers. But, you know, in, in the real world. That's the thing, what you touched on there. I, I was going to say this, I forgot, but yeah, McGregor Mayweather, it's like, we, we've already been there. We've already seen it. We already know. Like, I bought, with the whole Mayweather and McGregor, I've watched football, uh, boxing my whole life. I know, I obviously know about how skilled Mayweather is, but I, as that fight got closer, I was thinking, do you know what? The way McGregor moves, no, it's going to be different. <laughs> it's going to be like unorthodox. Fucking say that No, to no, me. but I was just, wait, let me finish. I was just saying, because he's unorthodox, I'm thinking, is he going to start moving in some weird angles? And you know, like, You've done some boxing, Kite. What's, what's the rule of thumb? When you get in the ring, if you get in the ring with a novice, sometimes that's fucking worse than getting in the ring with someone who's more experienced. So yeah. they're just going to start throwing wild shots from different angles. But because of the whole build-up, I'm thinking, do you know what? Is there any chance he takes him out with some lucky shot? You start buying into the whole McGregor. Look at what he'd done there. It's like legend stuff, the way he got that, uh, the, the, the rise to get that title from, uh, from Aldo. So... I saw, but then obviously once they got in, you're like, of course he's gonna just constantly play with him. He did get caught with a nice little uppercut though, didn't he, Mayweather? And did he um, take his after ball because he thought, you know, he, he did easily play with McGregor, but he did got did get caught with an uppercut. So I suppose there is a bit of jeopardy in in, in the sense that, I mean, Nganu and Fury, they are going to clinch at some point. Surely they're going to clinch. So then when they do. He's a wrestler, isn't he, Ngannou? Is he going to be able to fling Fury around? Like, Fury's never been flung around before. Like, just different way he grabs the contours of his body, moving him around. That might be interesting to see. Get on you, look. Get on this geezer <laughs> fucking promoting the fight. They should have you on the payroll, son. <laughs> they should have you on the payroll. We've got Dev Sarni on the podcast. I'm telling you, mate. Yeah, that was good. You had, you had me listening for a minute there. I ain't going to lie. I was, like, really transfixed. I'm thinking, he's fucking... He's absolutely right. <laughs> And Garnu could land one. He could fucking bollocks. bollocks. And Garnu's going to get in there and do the fucking star jumps like KSI, and he'd be like that. <laughs> <laughs> All joking aside, yeah, he's got zero chance, as far as I can see. Um, I think Fury, uh, acceptable win for Fury, is. I, I, I agree with you, Unc. I think play with him for four or five rounds, you know, do some Muhammad Ali stuff, have your hands up on the corner maybe, and. Open up your stuff, you know. Open up your guard and just make him. Yeah, he'll showboat, won't he? Showboat a little bit and then, and then just stop him whenever you want. I think that's acceptable. Don't get caught with anything. But the undercard is actually, is actually decent. You know, that's what happens, I suppose, when you got a few quid. I did, I did watch yesterday the Adelaide 
um, Wardley Pref, no, sorry, Wardley, sorry, Fabio, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you are. The Wardley Adelaide press conference, I thought it was brilliant. I thought they both handled yeah. it really well. I thought I thought Wardley was just bossing the press conference, and Adelaide towards the last two minutes, he was just coming out of all sorts of quality quality stuff to really sell the fight. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, Wardley's right. He is right. What he's saying, he's saying that. You know, I've been there. I've been in the bigger fights. You know, Molina, I don't think we can call Molina. Gorman's a biggish fight. It's a biggish fight. But Gorman's, you know, is he, he's not really done anything in the sport either. Molina just gets ironed out by everybody anyway. And then he made reference to sort of Adelaide when he's been caught. Is You know, he doesn't go in and, you know, fight back and have, have it. Have it with the guy, you know, toe to toe. And I thought about what he said. Though. I thought, well, hold on a minute. Actually, what Adelaide does is actually smarter. You're in the heavyweight division. If you're getting caught by a big lump, 15 stones, that's the smart thing to do is back off a little bit, circle off, regain your composure. What Wardley's does is very commendable and you had your chin checked and you've come through it with flying colours, but is that smart? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And Adelaide can whack, even though he lost to Sokolowski. I think we all we all know he lost to Sokolowski. But he can whack. So I'm really, really intrigued about this fight. This could headline on its own anywhere in the UK could be a big headliner. I think this not big, but big enough. Johnny, how'd you see it going? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in what Kai is saying there. I just think Wardley, he has had the bigger fights, you know, like at the O2, you know, it, the, the Molina one was at Gibraltar. Um, yeah. The Gorman fight, uh, whatever, Wembley arena. He's had the bigger fights in front of bigger crowds and they've been a, against bigger opposition. Mm. So when he's had to bite down on his gum shield and throw, He's um he's he's been in there with better opposition, but Adelaide he just doesn't he hasn't fought that many great opponents. His best opponent was that Sokolowski, and I felt that in that fight um, he had a fighter in front of him that understood understood the distance, he understood the range. Um, he was throwing little feints, he was moving his head, and I felt Adelaide was caught wanting a little bit in that fight. He wasn't really sure, like he kept getting timed every time he was throwing the jab or, or the overhand right. And then, um, yeah, he had Wardy's right. He got backed up and he sort of got bossed around a little bit in that fight. And that was against a guy that was coming to sort of win. He was putting he was putting his foot down. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, he's a, he's a big lump, Adelaide. And it'd be interesting to see if this fight goes long, because neither fighter has gone beyond six rounds, who's going to gas more? I know Wardy's saying this fight's going to end within six rounds. But if it doesn't, Who's going to gas out of those two going down the straight? I'd tend to say Adelaide's going to gas, right? Doesn't he look a bit more more muscle bound? Um, the one thing I like yeah. about Wardley is that guy does bite down on his gum shield and he will throw. He, if you, he'll throw at the same time as you. And I think he trusts his chin. Mm. And most important, importantly, I think he trusts his accuracy. Because I was watching him last night, Wardley. And I was thinking, do you know what? He's got some power in his hands. But you know something he's got? He's very accurate with his punches. If you watch him, and that's a skill in boxing. There's a lot of big, heavy boxers out there that got heavy hands. But in the midst of a fight, how you step in, where you plant your feet, how you deliver your punches, how fucking accurate are you? Are you going to hit the target? And he's quite an accurate. Obviously, there's other flaws in his game, uh, Wardley, as there is with Adelaide. But one thing I will say about Wardley, he's fucking accurate. Very exciting. Super exciting to watch. He does. He just wants to go in there and take your head off. And he, he presses the action from the beginning. So um, whatever he earns from this fight and moving forward in his career, he deserves it, mate. You know, someone who hasn't had the amateur background. You know, he was a recruitment consultant. 
Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Do you know that? The way he talks of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's very yeah. articulate. Yeah, he's, you know, you know, he's obviously a smart lad. But um, but as a fighter, I, I love watching him fight. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I like both guys a lot, actually. Um, so in terms of the fight, I think Fabio's got his number, if I'm honest. Just his heart, his um, level of opponents that he's fought. Um, he's a very, very good finisher as well, uh, Wardley. And based on the fact that Adelaide... Without disrespecting him, I've never seen anything in him to make me think this guy is going to be world champion or, you know, beat the mega names. Yeah, I don't mean that disrespectful. That's just the way I've I've seen his performances so far. I hope he proves me wrong. Um, But yeah, the Sokolowski fight, he was terrible. He was just terrible. He lost that fight. Sokolowski could not miss with a right hand in that fight. He couldn't miss him. If you watch it, I watched it a couple of days ago. Adelaide, his distance control was terrible. He was just, he was like, you know what he was like? He was like Eubank against Groves. He was just swinging and missing. Mm. Like he was just miles away. He's always out of range. Um, so yeah, that Sokolowski uh, fight has definitely put a dent in uh, in things for Adelaide um, for me. Um, and Wardley, yes, I totally see what you're saying, Kaya. Um, he does take a lot of punishment, and I don't think he can keep doing that for his whole career. Definitely not. It's like Joe Joyce, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He gets hit, and he gets into sticky situations, and he keeps coming through, but the levels go up, and you can't you can't do that in the top level. Um, so I think there's going to be some sticky moments for Wardley. Um, however, I think he'll come through them this time because, as I say, I don't see Adelaide... He's a good puncher, but I don't see him as the biggest puncher in the division. I don't see him as a massive, massive threat to Wardley. Um, but I think it'd be a good fight. Prediction? I'm going um, I'm going Wardley sort of late, around about 8-9. I will also say, though, however, having said all that, I'm Team Adelaide, right? For this reason. I met him once at a weigh-in. He was fucking double lovely. He was, he went, hello, mate, how you doing? I went, yeah, hello, mate. I said, I'm a big fan of you. I said, uh, you're going to go a long way in your career. He said, thank you very much. You're very kind. He said, I'm going <laughs> to knock out Wardley. He was proper lovely to me, right? And Wardley, I bought one of his jumpers, right? And he sent it to me, <laughs> right? And it come, it was a little bit faded. I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, I've worn it a couple of times, put it in the wash. It's come out the wash, fucking, it was a black jumper, come out fucking brown, right? So now I wear it, I look like a constipated turd. <laughs> right? Should have sent it back. I'm fucking fuming, right? So I'm Team Adelaide for that reason. <laughs> Fuck off, Wardley. <laughs> <laughs> Fabio, get another jumper in the post. Come on. Pony jumper. Have a word with your team. Johnny B, prediction. I'm a fan of both fighters. Um, I really like the pair of them. I think they've both got brilliant personalities, different personalities, but engaging. And they've made me want to see the fight. Both sound they're going to knock each other out. I feel that Fabio Wardley is going to knock Adelaide out within six rounds, like he says. I think it's going to come down to a shootout. I don't think either of them are going to have the gas tank for it to go too long. And I think there's going to be... I think think there's just going to be moments in the first part of the fight where they're both just going to have to throw... And, um, yeah, and I think someone's going to go, and I think it's going to be Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, l- listen, look, I-, I love what David Adelaide's done to get this fight. 100%. And we need more characters like him in boxing. We really do. Boxing Fantastic. craves the David Adelaide's of the world. So, you know, my, what I think is going to happen, I think Fabio will be too much for him, because I think it's a little bit too soon for Adelaide. So, big up to, look, big up to David Adelaide for even chasing down this fight, because we said it before, you know, Fabio's had the bigger fights, bigger arenas, might be a step too far. Um, yeah, so I think Fabio rounds eight to twelve 
But I hope David Adelaide has his moments in this fight and he doesn't just get swatted away and wiped out in three rounds because that would just be a travesty. We need him to sort of stay relevant in division in the British heavyweight division. You know, you've got the likes of Johnny Fisher coming up as well. That's a potential fight for Johnny Fisher and David Adelaide to get it on down the line. Um, so we, we want David Adelaide to put in a good performance, but I just don't think it will be enough. So Wardley, 8 to 12. Yeah, I just want to, sorry, John, I just want to echo that because, first of all, fantastic build-up. They've done wonders, all right? I know the fight was maybe below the line, but still, it doesn't matter in terms of a build-up. Everyone's going to forget about it soon. It was fantastic, like what they've done, the war of words and everything. And also, I want to say big props to Adelaide because I think, like you, Kaya, I think just a little bit too soon, I don't think Wardley's levels and levels above, but it's just a little bit too soon based on the opponents that Adelaide's fought. However, I want to say big props because he took this fight when Fraser Clark didn't. Yep. And still, I stand by it now. Absolutely right. No disrespect to Fraser Clark. However, that decision was poor. And whoever was in charge of that decision needs to fucking look in the mirror. Well, I was going to say that. It wasn't Fraser Clark. It was Ben Shalom. Yeah. I could have been him out there now. Imagine that, Fraser Clark's going to be sitting there yeah. going, fuck, all the lights and shit, Riyadh opening season, what a, what a fucking bill to be on. And even if you lose, it don't fucking matter. We say it on this fucking podcast all the time, it doesn't matter. As long as you turn up, you have a good go, then, you know, we want to see you again. So, bad yeah. decision. Chisora, Chisora effect. No matter how many times they lose, if you give, you give your best in every fight, we will say fucking fair play to you. We want to see you fight again. 100%. Absolutely. Fraser Clark could have a brain scan next week and he's got to stop boxing. And then fuck knows how much Wardley and Adelaide have just earned in Saudi. And this is the thing. Take the opportunities. It goes back to, to, to Ben, ben Shalom. I'm, sure I'm giving Ben Shalom a lot of stick. But I want, I want him to change. I want him to take more risks over there. Do you know what I mean? It's part of my life, like watching boxing every week. But also, but- also you've got to say that Fraser Clark has a much better chance than Adelaide, in my opinion. I, I think he's a better Ooh. fighter than Adelaide. Contentious. I suppose he's you got reckon? the amateur. Nah, nah, I'm not having, not having that. Really? Props. I, I've not been impressed. I've not been impressed from what I've he, seen. He's so had far. a long amateur background, man. And like you got, you got to say as well. The so people, did Audley Harrison. You got to say the people that. Um, uh, <laughs> so was Audley Harrison. I oh, know. Once he said that, that should have just been it. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on a minute. Hold on. I'm going to start. I'm going to make my case here because I think he's had a very long. Amateur career, Fraser Clark. He done. He he done some good things. Uh, picked up some medals, etc. Also, the level of opponents that he's fought. So he fought Marius Wack. Okay, I know Marius. I know he's not the best. However, Marius Wack, yeah, Dave Allen, um, Adelaide ain't fought to that level. All right, unless you unless you maybe put Sokolowski on on the level with Dave Allen. True. Um, fair which enough. Is probably about fair. fair. But still, I think Fraser Clark, as a whole, as experience, I think he's a better fighter. Yeah, I think you can. I think that's a fair. I hope I'm wrong, though, because we'll see on Saturday night. Maybe. Maybe. You've made your case well there, Runk. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> Audley Harrison killed me in my tracks, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Audley did win a British and European title, so I'm talking shit as well. You know what I mean? He did. He just, everyone. All right, stop sucking each other's cocks, man. It's no, done but all now, I'm right? saying is, argument. Everyone, thought, everyone thought Audley was going to be the next Muhammad Ali when he came out of the Olympics, and it just, it just didn't, didn't pan out that way. So sometimes the best amateurs don't make the best pros. And Fraser Clark, I mean, I think if you ask most boxing fans, hasn't lived up to the hype so far. It's not to say he won't, you know, have you, you know, what is he in his early thirties now? They've got to go with him. They've got to go with him. Now push him out in there into all the big fights, all this shit. He's not ready. He is ready. Yeah. 
I do want to get your thoughts on, boys. Talk sport being banned. What are you saying? I just think it's bollocks. It's bollocks. Like, at least Simon Jordan and the guys on Talk Sport, I feel like there's critical journalism there. All the stuff with Eddie Hearn and Connor Ben. It's like, wait, this needs to happen. You can't just keep blowing smoke up all these fucking promoters and boxers' ass. Like, at the end of the day, if there's stuff that don't add up or stuff that don't stack up, we need to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? And I, I just think it's bollocks. He's criticising Tyson Fury, but at the end of the day, he also says Tyson Fury's the he's like lineal champion, does this, does that. Tyson Fury does a lot of shit. None, none more than popping for fucking Nandrolome after the Klitschko fight. So we can't just not talk about all this stuff. This stuff has to come up every now and then. But they don't want the narrative to be disturbed against the Ngannou and Tyson Fury fight because they want to sell it as this great fight. But when you start um, banning journalists from uh, fights and that, I think that's a, a dodgy road you're going down there. So I'm not I'm not in favour of it. Honestly, it's what I said earlier on. It's like the, the whole sport of boxing is so touchy. It's so scared to be criticised in any way. And Simon Jordan said something a bit muggy as well, saying, well, you know, going on about YouTubers being allowed, but they're not allowed. He's only, only on YouTube himself, Simon Jordan. Fucking get on to that in a second. Yeah, I fucking heard that myself. He was talking about you, probably. Oh, tell you what. It's just, it's just so such a t- touchy, touchy sport. Like, take a bit of constructive criticism. Do you know what I mean? In your life, it's, you know, if you don't agree with it, you don't agree with it. You ain't got to listen to it. You start banning banning one of the biggest outlets out there, and they are talk sport, you know. We all listen to it and we all love love the station, but to ban them and deprive the fans of of their views, I think it's fucking ridiculous, to be fair. It's so petty and childish. Grow up. I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like it is pathetic. Pathetic they haven't let them uh, cover the fight. I mean for crying out loud, they're talking about controversial topics and they're talking about news and then they give their views on that news and that's what they are. So you can't have a garden for that. And secondly, Fury is the most controversial man on the <laughs> fucking in sport, literally in sport, any he? he goes yeah. on there, oh, you sit your gappy teeth, foreign cunt and all this, blah, blah, blah. And then someone says, oh, Fury, you should be fighting uh, you sit instead of in Garnu. Oh, fucking what? You fuck it. You're banned. <laughs> fuck off. Get out of my sight. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, I think it's absolutely fucking pathetic. But there you go. Anyway, and uh, and Simon, well... Simon, me old mate, having a little go at bedroom bloggers and YouTubers. Bruv, I've got news for you, mate. You're a YouTuber now, man. I love Simon. Don't get me wrong. I love him. But when he said it, he said, uh, for anyone who don't know, he might have done an interview with um, Spencer. Um, and uh, he's basically said that all these YouTubers and bedroom bloggers are taking what he says out of context and bastardizing Ooh. him. That's what he's saying. And he's saying that um, Tyson is listening to all that and then going, right, talk sport, you're banned. That's what he's, so he's put, he's passing the blame, right? And I was thinking, but Simon, you're, you're controversial yourself and you're on YouTube as well. Like you may be on the radio station, but mainly your boxing audience is on YouTube, bruv. So yep. you're a bit of a YouTuber, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you've got a little channel called Upfront with Simon Jordan on fucking YouTube. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I know. So I was I was a bit like, hold on a minute, Simon, you fucking pop kettle there, bruv. Yeah, didn't you know? Didn't you know? It's once they started speaking about it, I did feel that Simon Jordan started to backtrack 
And it was like, I, I feel like they were trying to be too nice to, to Tyson Fury after. So maybe they are scared. Well, they want to be on, they want to be in the Usyk fight. Yeah, I just thought, stick your stake in the fucking ground. And like, you're meant to be the guy that speaks the truth and holds everybody to account. That's his little speech that he has at the start of his podcast. Stay with it, bruv. Stick your stake in the ground. Say what you think about Tyson Fury. If you don't like it, you don't get invited to the Usyk fight. At least you've got your, your pride intact. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit like, I was thinking, hold on a minute, Simon. You can't really be digging out YouTubers. Obviously, I'm a YouTuber, so I'm going to stand up for YouTube. But at the end of the day... Um, you got Ade Oladipo on TalkSport. You know what I mean? He's built up a massive YouTube channel. He's absolutely fantastic, by the way. I think he's brilliant. Um, you got Adam Catra on YouTube uh, with Nick Pete. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like Gareth, Gareth A. Davis. At the end of the day, most of these people are known through YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, we're definitely on. silenced here. Hold on. Don't say that name to me, man. <laughs> what I was going to say was... <laughs> What I am saying is, what the point I was trying to make was, Gareth A. Davis, you know, most of them on TalkSport now, especially Spencer as well. Do you know what I mean? He was a fighter, Spencer, but most people know him through YouTube, through TalkSport boxing on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? So it all comes through YouTube. So you can't really dig out YouTubers because you're YouTubers yourself. Yeah. What that is called is pass the buck. Look over there. It's not us on Talk Sport. That's what that is. Yeah, doing exactly what you're digging out Eddie Hearn for doing. Yeah. And he and he also said that um he said everything that should be said about boxing is for making boxing better. And I totally agree with that. But most of the time, YouTubers are all talking about what you're talking about. So yes, we all agree that Connor Ben should be banned. We all agree that Fury should be fighting Usyk and not in Garnu. You know, things like that. So Again, it's a moot point. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just don't, didn't really understand what he was getting at. Anyway, there we are, people. Fury and Garnu this weekend. Hopefully, it'll be all right. Hopefully, it'll be better than we thought. And uh, I'm sure the Wardley Adelaide fight's going to be pucker. So, um, yeah, something to look forward to. And thank you all for listening. And uh, Johnny B, Kaya. I think you'll be going into a fucking dark room with AJ now, won't you? The way you're feeling. <laughs> For different reasons, yeah. I'm going to be joining uh, AJ in that dark room. What the fuck's all that about? <laughs> what do you think that's about? Real, Just really quickly, we all have our 10 seconds on it, right? He's obviously just trying to figure out a way to... Um, to just find something in his head that block. He's trying to remove that block from his brain, isn't he? Whatever's blocking him to be the old AJ, he's trying to remove that. All this, I'm trying to be a boxer now and I haven't got the eye of the tiger anymore and I've changed my style. I don't get that. Why are you doing it? You're doing it to psychologically remove some level of blockage that's going on in your head. That's got to be the only fucking reason. Why else would you sit in a dark room for four days unless you've been to Benidorm for a week? and try to watch Sticky Vicky and you couldn't get to the front. <laughs> Tell me, boys, what is he doing oh, in there? That's weird. Mate, if you if you stuck me in a dark room for four days, I went and I'd eat my foot, you know that, so I'd just bleed out. Fucking silence for four days. You know what? Once I was in Goa once, and uh, I was, yeah, with one of our mates three weeks, and uh, I bumped into a couple of girls. They was down in Kerala. So I, I, I bumped into a place called Paladam in India, and um, I was like, oh, hey, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we've just been down to Kerala. We've done like a yoga retreat like for like seven days. Like we're not allowed to speak for seven days. Oh, fuck it. I'm like, yeah, fucking hell, you want a drink? Fucking buzzing over here, isn't it? All right, man. Can you imagine the contrast of fucking not speaking for a week and bumping into me? 
Um, yeah, not for me, mate. I need a bit of fucking clamour and a bit of noise, also, man. Also, you know, that sort of thing, he's saying it's for, you know, cleaning up his mind and making him feel better in some way, but that's the sort of thing that makes you go fucking even loopier, isn't it? That sounds like Broadmoor to me. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I Why don't can't get he just it. sit in his room, shut the fucking door and turn the light off? I oh, know, save two grand. <laughs> I know. I reckon Dillian White's in there as well. We ain't seen that cunt for a while, have we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, right. Uh, got to end it on that. Uh, anyway, on yeah. That. AJ, you're a little bit strange, bruv, but we love you. Anyway, so, um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We shall see you on the next one. You're all double fucking legends. We love you lots. Cheers, boys. It's been a pleasure. See you all soon. <laughs> <laughs>